Thank you for joining us on LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. We're on episode three of the Restorative Nursing Podcast Series. I'm your host today, Shannon Johnson, and I'm here with ANAC's Curriculum Development Specialist, Jesse McGill. Welcome, Jesse. Hey, Shannon. I'm glad to be back. Yes, thank you so much. So this wraps up our three-part series on restorative nursing, and you've provided such great information on how to implement this program in facilities. And today we're going to talk about um, all sorts of um, different questions, but I'd like to kick us off with, how do you write an individualized restorative program? Oh, that's such a good question again, Shannon. And of course, our restorative program is not going to grow anywhere if we struggle with writing the program. So that's definitely one of the key uh, foundations that we have to have in order to start growing that restorative program. Uh, So when we start writing that individualized restorative program, we have to keep in mind that first, it has to start with a baseline assessment of the resident's need. That's one of the criteria of restorative is that it must be based on the resident's need So we have to complete that assessment to identify what the resident's need is. And we're going to be identifying what the resident's problem is, a a need, problem, strength. And we also want to identify the root cause so that we can uh, work with treating that whole resident. Jesse, let me ask a question. Do there have to be a certain number of people that need restorative care to implement a program or to establish a restorative group? I know you talked a lot about establishing restorative groups in episode two. Uh, So listeners, if you haven't listened to episode two, be sure to go back and listen to that one. But is there a minimum number that people need to look for? There's not. Um, And that's a great point that, um, you know, you look at these programs that have these these huge, robust restorative programs and and you can get there, but you have to start somewhere. And I recommend if you're just getting a restorative program kicked off, start small. Start small with a certain area and start working towards that, working working that up. So you might only start with, with a handful of residents uh, on restorative. And same thing with groups. It, the group ratio is four residents to one caregiver. But you might have a group program that only has two residents or three residents because those are the only residents in the facility that meet that criteria for um, being appropriate for that type of restorative group. So start small and grow your program. Now, you want to be cautious that you don't want your restorative too big. You have to have enough hours in the day to uh, complete each program and make sure that you're meeting each resident's needs and, uh, and getting at least that 15 minutes per resident. But there is no minimum on how few a resident you can have. Great. So as you're um, working toward meeting the resident's needs, how do you best set goals for the resident? The number one rule to a restorative goal is that the goal must be measurable. And do you have some ideas of how you can measure these goals? Yes. Um, You know, I think a lot of times we make this part of writing a program way too complicated. So when we're looking at restorative, we're looking at what is the resident's goal? And what the resident's goal is may not be same as what we might say for a nursing goal. So, for example, if we're working a resident that has decreased range of motion to her shoulder, and we might say our goal is to increase her range of motion, 
when we talk to the resident, she might say, you know, she'd really like to be able to comb her hair with that right arm again, which she hasn't been able to do since the range of motion was more impaired in her shoulder. So our measurable goal may be that the resident's going to be able to comb her own hair without assistance from the staff. Good example. Is there a certain duration of the program that you have to, that you want to set when you're establishing goals? When we uh, establish that resource program and we have identified that, you know, first we identify that assessment, assess the need for the residents, and then we have to establish that goal. The next thing we have to do is say, okay, how, how long are we going to complete this program before we reevaluate it? So yes, we must have a duration of the program, and that's going to be very specific to that resident's program. So you may have a resident that uh, recently came off of uh, speech therapy uh, services, and we worked with speech therapy, and the nursing team developed a eating program based on the speech therapist's recommendations. You know, it might have been the resident needs to tuck their chin, we need to have cues to alternate between fluids and solids, you know, the, the specifics of that program for that resident. And if our goal is to prevent aspiration, we might want to review this program in 14 days. We might want to review it in seven to make sure that we are maintaining that resident's ability and that the training that speech therapy provided to the uh, restorative aid or the nurse aides completing that, um, that are actually performing the program, are performing it as trained. So the duration may be short. It may be that we want to review it in a very short amount of time, less than 30 days, or it may be longer, longer viewed. Um, if we go back to the example I gave earlier with a resident with right shoulder range motion problems and wanted to be able to comb her hair with that arm, that might be something that we're going to say, we're not going to review this for another 30 days or 90 days to see how have we slowly progressed with our active range of motion exercises that she's now able to perform her personal hygiene skills independently. So the, again, the duration is going to vary greatly depending on what our goal is and what is appropriate for that timeline to review. Are there any recommended uh, timelines to review the restorative program in general? I would never go beyond 90 days and I say that for a couple reasons. The first is in the REI manual it tells us that anytime the care plan is reviewed we must also review the restorative program. Now the federal regulations tells us that anytime that we're completing NDS we need to review the care plan. And of course, we're going to have at minimum a quarterly assessment, no more than 92 days from the prior assessment. So I wouldn't set a duration program greater than 90 days um, so that we are always reviewing that program at minimum every time that we're completing that quarterly, annual, or significant change assessment. Can you give me any examples um, that you'd like to share to help bring this into real life examples for us? Yeah, so um, when we talk about writing the program, and I, I'm going to just summarize it in, in three main steps, and that's the first, you're going to identify the assessed need of the resident. You're going to establish a goal, and then we're going to say, okay, what are those specific interventions that are needed, again, above and beyond standard nursing care, that are going to be the foundation of that restorative program? So 
if we talk about a resident that's starting on a walking program and um, we're going to say that she's working with training and skills practice and using a quad cane for um, or first being introduced to a quad cane and with her program we're setting progressive walking distant goals so her goal is to be able to walk further every month with her quad cane and so the the restorative um, aid has been trained on how to walk with Mr. D, Mrs. D and we're going to walk with her with her quad cane so we have identified the need we have the goal of that progressive walking distance and now we're going to set a program up now that program again that's that intervention so we're going to say you're going to walk with the resident at these scheduled times per day these are the tasks and the cues that you're going to provide that's going to help teach and train her to use that cane so that she can eventually achieve the ability to walk independently or with supervision only um, with her quad cane great any any other examples well, I'm going to stick with that one for a second. So when we talk about, um, you know, that being the scenario of of the basis of how you get to that restorative program, when you actually write the program, it might sound something more like um, this is a walking program and staff is going to provide supervision and verbal cues per instructions for a quad cane walking program two times a day, seven days a week for two months. That's where we meant that's where we set that duration of how often and how long are we going to do this program. And then we have to set up our goal. And our goal is that progressive walking distance to be updated every other week. And uh, the final goal with that one was to um, ambulate independently. I would like to give another example because that one was um, kind of complex for, um, for restorative. So I want to talk about um, a dressing program, which Addressing programs are one of those programs that you can have your nurse aides or your dedicated restorative aide work into the resident's routine. So we're not just asking the resident to practice tasks outside of their normal routine. We're saying, okay, we're going to get dressed every morning. And so every morning we're going to get dressed using this technique so that you can improve your, your function or efficiency with that program. Um, so if we look at a dressing program, we might have one that reads that staff is going to provide task segmentation and verbal cues to use the hook and loop fasteners to put on the blouse without physical assistance each morning before breakfast and to remove the blouse each evening before bed with evening cares. We're going to do that daily for three months. When we write the goal, the goal is to enhance efficiency and to maintain that current level of function with dressing. So we have, we have a, a goal that is measured by the amount of care provided to the resident each day. And that helps ensure that we are actually following our tasks of we're using verbal cues only without the physical assistance for that dressing task. Sure. Those are great examples, Jesse, because you've really walked us through in those two different settings the duration, what the measurable goal is, and then what intervention uh, the staff needs to put in place and um, put some ideas that um, maybe a starting point 
is just the first thing needed for somebody to um, to begin a restorative program and that it's it's possible and it's easy and there are the steps to make that happen. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share today? You know, when we are working on restorative, it's just so important to take the time to ensure that you meet all the requirements of a restorative program. And those requirements are all in the REI user's manual section O. Whenever you have a state case mix auditor or someone else coming in to review those restorative programs, go back to the manual to ensure that you are meeting all the criteria of the program um, to ensure your success. Great advice. Well, Jesse, you've been um, a wealth of information and knowledge on restorative nursing over the last three episodes. For our, for our, excuse me, for our listeners, if you've missed any of Jesse's previous um, podcast episodes, they can be found at anac.org under our um, our LTC NAC Chat podcast page. Be sure to give a listen and then check out the website for more information and uh, helpful uh, tools and resources for restorative nursing. Jesse, thank you again for your time and expertise. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Shannon. Sure. We'll talk to you later and thanks for joining us on LTC NAC Chat. Bye-bye.